This week's terrific episode of Election Profit Makers is sponsored by Bloom Farms Wellness. Bloom Farms Wellness makes CBD products to help you relax and improve the quality of your life. Products include balms, tinctures, vapes. Let's talk about tinctures for a moment. They sent me something called the Dream Tincture. Put two drops under my tongue for a good night's sleep. It works. They also sent me a little vape pen for relaxation. All their stuff is grown and produced in the USA. No solvents, no additives, nice packaging, I must say. They also have, this is very nice, a give back program. For every product sold by Bloom Farms, they donate one healthy meal to a family in need. Since 2015, they have donated three million meals. Get in on the action, improve the quality of your life, do a good thing. Go to this website, bloomfarmswellness.com slash EPM for 15% off your order. That's bloomfarmswellness.com slash EPM. Yes! All right, we did it. Complete audio sync. Welcome. Uh, let me dial this down. Running a, running a little hot right now. New microphone setup, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not in the regular EPM West Coast studio. Uh, I'm out here at an East Coast affiliate studio using different gear. And it uh, looks like I'm running a little hot. So let me just uh, bring these faders down. Uh, now we're sitting in the sweet spot. Can you hear me, America? Can you hear me, Canada? United Kingdom, hello, you up? Just kidding. It's just me. It's just me, David, from Election Profit Makers, uh, the podcast uh, you're listening to. Oh, John, what is this podcast about? I, we we don't really know anymore. Existential brand identity crisis much? <laughs> yeah. Let me try to explain for first-time listeners what exactly the deal is with this podcast. We're kind of like Joe Rogan, except we take no prisoners. We bet on current events using a website called predictit.org. You can bet along with us if you want. Go to predictit.org slash promo slash EPM20. Uh, and we have a lot of fun, and we bet on these current events. God, level is still too hot. The person whose equipment I'm using is famously soft-spoken, and I think I have to recalibrate this stuff yeah. for someone who no. runs a little hot. He's actually... A little yeah, in the red. He is not famously soft-spoken. You are just hot. That's what it is. You are famously. Uh, I guess I just have that New York energy. Was that was that an interesting thing to say? Yep. Cut to 20 minutes later. John and I are still trying to figure out what this dang podcast is about. Suffice to say, we talk about current events and we talk about infrastructure. And boy, yes. oh boy, there's a lot to discuss on both those fronts this week. It's the last day of August. What a month this was. What a summer. The summer of 2021. What operas or musicals will ever be written about this summer? And what will they be called? Only time will tell. But for now, we can say it's the... Oh, it's not the last day of August. I can't even got that right. I can't even get the damn... John, you do the podcast. I'm all out of sorts. Go ahead. Okay. Um... <clears throat> Uh, let's see. Is it? No, never mind. All right. Here's some things that happened this week. Uh, All right. Let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about some things that happened this week. I think All the right? world continues to suck. Two weeks ago, I was bummed about the world. Last week, I was slightly less bummed. And then? 
this week was a, it's, I mean, yeah. Last week, I should say, because we're recording this on a Monday as per custom. Last week also, I got really despondent. Because of uh, Afghanistan? I don't think it's, I mean, obviously, Afghanistan is not exactly a pick me up, nor has it been for much of the last 20 years. You know what this week made me depressed about was it the, the pandemic. Yeah, the COVID thing is just outrageous. The, the COVID outrageous. thing, I started reading stories again that I hadn't read in a long time. You know, just these horrible stories of people dying in the ICUs and in the ER. And it was just like I had PTSD back to when my parents got COVID and when my dad was in the ICU. And I was just like, yeah. oh, my God, that happened. I did this. This, this. We're doing this again. Oh, we're definitely doing this again. This is yeah. too fast and too furious. Delta, Delta protocol. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing is Joe Rogan is continue on his super popular. I didn't realize how popular Joe Rogan was. Whoo, he has like a mil, millions of listeners, John. He has like mm -hmm. more than twice as many listeners as we do. Yeah, Spotify. He's still out here saying all this stuff about COVID and how you shouldn't get vac get vaccinated if you're healthy. And like, he doesn't understand. This is going to surprise you. He actually doesn't understand the science of the vaccines. Misinformation, John. Someone should look into it. Someone should write an article about the dangers of misinformation. Someone do that. From now on till the end of time, every episode, I'm going to come up with an amazing article idea. All right. I know we have a lot of freelance journalists who listen to us. And I know that the pitching process can be really soul-destroying soul and frustrating. So here's a pitch. Here's a free pitch. Anyone can use it. You pitch an article about disinformation. And you say, dear editor, my name is Sally Roberts. I'm a hot up-and-coming freelance journalist. And I have an article idea for you. Or should I say, I have a revolutionary article idea for you. New paragraph. The idea is simply, colon, new paragraph, disinformation, new paragraph. Have I got your attention? Good. Keep reading. New paragraph. For the low, low rate of $5 a word, I will write 1,000 words on the scourge of disinformation and its effect on the American, on the American populace. New paragraph. Yes, I said populace. I went to college. That's the kind of heat you can expect from me, Sally, the up-and-coming journalist. New paragraph. I eagerly anticipate your offer over and above the price quote I have just outlined. Yours sincerely, Sally. Uh, you can reach me at my telephone number, 123 456 789 11 12. And my email is Sally. <laughs> <laughs> What's the email? <laughs> it's a great email address. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm so unhappy. Okay. What is uh, it? <laughs> the email address is sallythisjournalist at gmail.com. Ah. That's a real that's mic good. drop of an email address. It's like Alex anyway. uh, Berenson. You know, he's the guy who used to be the former New York Times oh, is he reporter. The, is he the COVID nutter on, yeah, on Twitter? He's a, yeah. His, his email is Alex, uh, Berenson, author at gmail.com. Really? Yeah. I mean, at least oh. it's Gmail. It could be like Rocket Mail or right. USA.net. Anyway, that's my that's my weekly free idea. Giving it out in an act of solidarity to all freelance journalists. Someone you can use that letter template to pitch your article about misinformation. I would read it. I think it's very concerning. That's the end of that segment. Yeah, that was good. That wasn't on the that was not on the outline. Here's what I'd like to talk about. I would like to talk about 
your friend and mine, Josh Marshall. So Josh Marshall ha- has a blog called Talking Points Memo, or sh- an empire, Talking Points Memo Media. And word on the street was that he's also starting a podcast. He has a podcast. It's called the Josh Marshall Podcast, and it's sponsored by Grady's Cold Brew Coffee. Oh, okay. You listen to it? Uh, yeah, I do listen okay. to it. Ex- except I took a hiatus from listening to it, only to come back to it and find out that they wanted their listeners to, to submit theme song ideas for the podcast. And by the time I heard about this theme song contest, the the submission window had closed and I was frozen out. If I had known, man, I would have have submitted a thousand, a thousand, and I want to emphasize literally a thousand Mm -hmm. um, ideas for the Josh Josh Marshall podcast. I think you still should because I think they would make accommodations for you. Because I'm a famous musician, davidreesrecords.bandcamp.com? Yeah, because you and Josh Marshall have a bit of a relationship. He knows who you are. I don't think so. I know he knows who you are. Mm. John, why don't, you, why don't you cut to the chase and tell us the status of your relationship with Josh Marshall? There is no relationship. And why is that, John? Uh, I'm blocked on Twitter by Josh Marshall. And why is that? I made a funny comment. Oh, a funny comment? Did Josh Marshall think it was funny? Yeah, he did. I I did. I made a comment about his son's hat that he was wearing in in Josh Marshall's avatar. Describe the son's hat and describe your funny comment. It was a dumb-looking hat, and I just said I'm glad that Josh Marshall changed his avatars so I don't have to look at his son's dumb hat. I think kids in hats look ridiculous, but— Finally, we're getting to the truths. Finally. I, I should not have said this. I should not have said this. And I didn't say it to him. I just said it to myself on my timeline. But he obviously name-checked his name. And one day I realized that I, that I, was, I was no longer getting his tweets and that I was blocked. So It wasn't that you added him. It wasn't that you replied to him saying your son's hat is dumb and you're dumb. Yeah. You mentioned it to yourself and he's name-searched himself. Saw your and he tweet blocked and he- me. And that's fine. He has every right. I'd have done the same thing if somebody made fun of my daughter's right. hat. Hat, right. So, so, so I don't know what Josh Marshall's up to anymore. He's spitting, he's spitting hot fire about Afghanistan. He's so into the Afghanistan withdrawal. It's very bracing to read him. He's like, yep, this proves we should have gotten the fuck out 100 years ago. He loves Joe Biden now for the Afghanistan withdrawal. And he hates all the journalists and think tank people and... And, and elites who are like, oh, there should have been, we should have done a better job. And Josh Marshall is like, motherfucker, there is no way to do a better job in Afghanistan. This right. government that we propped up for 20 years collapsed in two seconds. Right. So what do we do? But stay there forever? Is that what you want? You want us to stay there forever? Not forever, but just for a little bit longer so we can tie it up in a less unseemly way. It just, it's just a bad... It's a bad look, man. Oh, you think it, you think it doesn't look cool? No, it doesn't look. You don't cool. think it you makes know? America look cool? <clears throat> no, man. We want to walk out on top, not like all these deaths here at the end. You don't want to have all these deaths at the end. You want to have these deaths. Oh, don't worry. There were deaths earlier too, John. These weren't the only people who ever died in Afghanistan over the past. Oh, years. okay. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Time will time, and I mean, obviously, Republicans will Benghazi this forever, but. 
other than that, people are going to forget about the. They're just going to forget about Afghanistan. But wait, hold on. I don't want to get into the Afghanistan part yet. I want to go back to this thing you said about kids and hats. You don't think kids should wear hats? Uh, I don't know. This hat, it was like a tweed-looking hat. It just, it just looked. I don't know. No, I don't. I don't think kids should wear should wear adult hats. Okay, there we go. That's what I was looking for. The context. The context. Yeah, a kid in a fedora. It's not cute. Mm, You don't like that? Little baby neck beard? Mm. No. Little Johnny Incel Jr.? God. Get back to Afghanistan. You think this is going to hurt Biden's approval rating or something? Josh Marshall does not care. Okay, well, that's good. But it is definitely going to hurt it. I, I see just a few moments ago that a Ipsos ABC poll came out and the question was, uh, do you approve of the way Joe Biden is handling Afghanistan? 38% approve, 59% disapprove. People are following the mainstream media and the mainstream media is not too happy with the withdrawal. So yeah, it's having an effect. Do you think that do you think that's because like, you know, the one big bipartisan consensus thing is always war and America looking tough as it attacks other countries and freedom, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The men and women of our fighting forces, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think the mainstream media and I'm not being I swear to God, I'm not being disingenuous. Do they want us to just stay in Afghanistan forever? Even if the withdrawal had gone well, even if the withdrawal had gone well, the Taliban had just sat on their butts until we had evacuated everyone that we wanted to evacuate. And the Afghan, well, but here's the thing. The Afghan government was going to collapse immediately because it was just corrupt and feckless and couldn't do anything, right? So the uh, Afghan I mean, government uh, would have- Immediately, I don't know. I mean, soon. Right, within, within weeks, within days okay. probably of America leaving. Because what are they going to do, run Afghanistan? No. Only people who want to run Afghanistan are the Taliban. And they probably don't even want to. (laughs) You think the Taliban is secretly like, you know what? I kind of wish we were based in a different country. Yeah. Because last week the Taliban were complaining like, don't take all the doctors and lawyers and educated middle classes out of Afghanistan. It's like, what the fuck do you care? Are you the Taliban? You want all these fancy smart people to stay? Switch up your act. Stop yelling at girls for going to schools, you dipshits. Can't have it both ways, Taliban. Yeah. Anyway. I didn't realize how many Afghans got killed, that it was like almost 200 Afghans. In the ISIS attack? Yeah, in the ISIS yeah. attack. In some ways, that makes the the death toll of the Americans seem more acceptable. You know, if there'd been like 20 people killed and 13 Americans. Um, I mean, it was just a massive bomb. And... and uh, you know, 6% of the people killed were Americans, and that's horrible. Um, but uh, war is hell. Whoa, that was a good take. And, and there, we've retaliated. That's right. We dropped bombs on them. On someone. It feels like old times. And apparently we killed some innocent people too, but... Yeah. Uh, that's what happens when you declare a never-ending war on terror. Maybe the reason I'm bummed out now that we're talking about it is you have the COVID starting up again and you're like, when is this going to end? And then you have with everybody leaving Afghanistan, you can't help but reflect on the last 20 years of 
adventures. And then there's a final attack, and then there's a retaliation, and it's kind of like, oh, and now we're back doing that again too? Like, we're just going to keep doing this forever and ever? Getting sick and refusing vaccines and bombing people, and then they get mad at us and bomb us back? This is kind of like, this is kind of why I'm kind of admiring Joe Biden for looking at Afghanistan and being like, nope, we're done with this. We're getting the fuck out of Afghanistan. I'm over it. And he did it. He withdrew. Everyone got mad at him. He was like, too bad. I didn't want to be there anymore. 20 years, long enough. Fuck it. Yeah. Can you imagine if Trump if Trump was doing this? What would happen? Would, would troops he would be have, flying in and out of Afghanistan very much every, I mean, every 20 yeah. minutes? We would have surged like 50,000 troops in and then withdrew all of them 12 hours later. Right. It'd be madness. I can't right. believe people are out there saying, Trump, this would have never happened under Trump. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, you're right. It never would have happened because something so much crazier would have happened. John, do you think that we could write a theme song for the Josh Marshall podcast? Yes. Welcome to the Josh Marshall podcast. Hosted by a man whose son looks dumb in hats. Like that? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Are we in troubled times right now? Yes or no? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Are the troubles solvable? Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. You know, as we get older, I realize that, yeah, it's just constant troubles. <laughs> and everything is just, it. everything is not the end of the world. I mean- right. It just, we've gone through so much and everything, you know, the 2000 election felt like the end of the world and the first war in Iraq did and the second war in Iraq and the dot-com crash and, and 9-11 and uh, the Great Recession and January 6th and Trump getting elected and COVID. It's just one damn thing after another. And it's horrible, but uh, it's just kind of, I think it's just what happens all the time. Maybe you're right. Maybe the troubles, it's just constant troubles. It's just constant sucky troubles. But, you know, the pandemic really kind of has been crazy. If you oh, think you about think? It. Oh, it got, okay. Yeah. When you think, if you think about it, for just think about it a second. Okay, it's no, I have, I've, never thought of, I've never thought about the pandemic. Let me see what it feels like to have the pandemic on my mind. Hmm, a new mm-hmm. unfamiliar feeling I've never experienced. Okay, I'm locked in. I mean, the pandemic in some ways is ju- is like a giant war. And I don't mean a giant war like, you know, Gulf War One. It's like a world war in some ways. Oh, totally. The pandemic is effectively World War Three. Yeah, and we're I wonder winning. if anyone's ever said that. Yeah, yeah, we're winning. Um, this is World War III. We're living yeah. through World War III. I can't believe it's still going on. Remember when it started? And I remember thinking like, I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if only like 100 people die in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah, that's how, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's how many died. It's pretty correct. I mean, that's how many die how is how many died in North Carolina yesterday I know John we got to talk about the California recall now I spoke last week with imprecision and I got some some well-deserved pushback and that's totally fine I want to make it clear that if you vote if you vote in the California recall which you certainly should do if you live in California I said last week something like I'm voting no 
Gavin Newsom should not be recalled, so I don't have to worry about all these names on this list. It is technically true that you can vote no for the recall and then go ahead and pick a candidate to replace Gavin Newsom should the recall go ahead. So I just want to make that clear. Mm -hmm. The Newsom campaign, for whatever reason, discouraged any other strong Democratic contenders from getting on that ballot. The Newsom campaign has also said, vote no on the recall and don't, and then don't answer the second question. I, I know everyone is is critical of them for doing that, but in some ways I could kind of see. Yeah, no, I no, I think the way the recall is structured is very weird because really what it should be is a one question. Who should be governor of California right now? And just have Gavin Newsom be one of the names on the list, if that's what it's going to be. Right. Or it should be, should their governor be recalled? Yes or no. And that's it. And then the lieutenant governor becomes the governor. Right? Isn't that, the, isn't that why the lieutenant governor is sitting there to become the governor? Should something happen? It, they've, 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 they've muddied it mm. by making, oh, I don't want to talk about this anymore either. God damn it all to hell. Just vote no in the California recall if you haven't done so already. Now, let's talk about the numbers. Remember last week, 538 had keep Gavin Newsom at governor at 48.8, remove Gavin Newsom at 47.6. That was a spread of 1.2 points. Very, very close. Well, the spread increased somewhat because this week, no recall is 50.6 and yes recall is 46.3. However, Larry Elder, the fucking... Larry Elder, he's a conservative talk show host that's still alive. Right. John is convinced this guy is going to is gonna die of COVID just like every other conservative talk well, show host who's come out against vaccines and mask mandates. So this week we had... I mean, this is sad, but incredible. The fourth conservative talk show host actually to die this week. What did they die of? Critical race theory? Because <laughs> you can't vaccinate against that critical race theory. Yeah, you have to wipe it out. Or it'll sneak up and it'll get in your nose. It'll get in your it'll get in your mouth or your nose and it'll and it'll rot your brain and you'll die. Yeah. No, they died. They died of COVID. Oh, they did. Oh, that's interesting, huh? Anyway, yeah, that's Larry Elder. Although he's still alive, he doesn't have COVID. And I will say, last week he was up plus ten among the other candidates looking to replace Gavin Newsom. Now this week he's up plus thirteen. I mean, if the recall goes through and Gavin Newsom is recalled, Larry Elder will be the next governor. Yeah. I don't know. I think part. I think honestly, part of it is that I traveled this week and. Um, I guess I was a little anxious about traveling. Not too bad, actually. And then I was at the airport waiting on my flight, and there was, I saw on the fucking shelf there was a new Jack Reacher novel. I was excited because this is the first novel that Lee Child, the creator of Jack Reacher, had written with his younger brother, Andrew Child. Please keep in mind these are both pen names. That Lee Child was going to hand off the Jack Reacher legacy to his younger brother. And this was, their first, this was mm -hmm. the first fruit of that, of that partnership. Guys, I have to so say. So you bought it? I bought it, yeah, with enthusiasm. I was like, oh, I'll read this on the plane. This book fucking sucks worse than any other Jack Reacher novel I've ever read. Jack Reacher. Really? The Sentinel. Yeah, man. Lee Child has said, this is very interesting. Lee Child has said, I actually kind of hate Jack Reacher. And I think that hatred is coming through. Because at this point, Jack Reacher is so self-satisfied and smug and quote-unquote clever that you read it and you're like, mm -hmm. nobody finds this appealing at this point, right? I mean, years ago, it was kind of cool. Jack Reacher would walk into a bar. Two big, burly guys would come up to him and say, you're not welcome here. And Jack Reacher would say, I don't really care if you think I'm welcome here. I just want a cheeseburger and a cup of coffee. 
The only two things I ever consume in all of these novels that I star in. He only drinks coffee and he only eats cheeseburgers. His digestive system must be a fucking train wreck. And he, a little, he would say little cool things like this once in a while. Or like, uh, okay, it's only three against one in this alley. You better get reinforcements. I'm going to send you all to the hospital in two minutes. I mean, uh, classic lines like that. Just like wonderful stuff. Yeah. But now he does, yeah. listen to this. So I was reading this damn Jack Reacher novel. Jack Reacher's walking around, as what he always does, just walking around in some alley, minding his own business. <laughs> he's, uh, he's gone into a bar to look for a cheeseburger and a cup of coffee, and the bar doesn't have food or coffee. But there's a great young band right. playing music. Jack Reacher loves music. That's the thing. He's really into the blues. It's like something, I guess, that makes the character interesting. Lee Child thinks <laughs> it, Lee Child thinks it's enough to be like, Jack Reacher <laughs> fell asleep thinking about a Howling Wolf song. And then he's like, that'll, that'll make these idiots think this character has some depth to him. But he always loves bands and he loves the blues. So he goes into this random bar in Nashville. This band is playing. And then later he's wandering around in an alley. The band comes out despondent because the owner refused to pay them. Threatened to break the guitarist's fingers with a hammer. And then, for good Wait measure, who did? The owner of the bar. The corrupt. Why would he do that? Because he didn't want to pay them. Because he's a bad guy, John. Okay. He, refu so he, he refused to pay the band. He said, I'm not going to pay you, and I'm going to break your fingers Yep. on top of that. Yep, and then they threw the kid's guitar into the basement. Lee Child is very good at establishing whether people are good or bad. I'll give him that. So these so so listen to this. Into the basement. Mm -hmm. He threw it down the stairwell not and it landed like in the basement. <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> okay, they wrote not. this book in 40 minutes. I'm telling you, they wrote okay. this book in 40 All minutes. Right. Okay. So... Picture Reacher's in the back alley with these kids in this band. Wait, the singer glared up at Reacher. Why are you here? Do you work for him? I don't work for anyone, Reacher said. But what's bad about the owner? What's the problem? The singer hesitated, then held up one finger, then another. He wouldn't pay us, and he ripped us off. He stole a guitar. One of mine, the guitarist said, my good spare. He's talking about a guitar. Really? Mm. Reacher stepped back. That doesn't sound like good business practice. There has to be more to the story. Like what? The singer looked at the guitarist. Like nothing, he said. We finished our set, packed up, asked for our money, and he refused. I don't get it, Reacher paused. A place like this, music's the draw, not the decor. That's for damn sure. You need bands to have music. And if you don't pay the bands, how do you get them to play? Sounds like a self-defeating strategy to me. You must have done something to piss him off. Fuck you, Reacher. Stand with the band. Look at this. I mean, it now eventually he does go. He, eventually he does say to the band, "Let me go handle this problem for you." And he goes in and he beats the shit out of the owner and the bouncer. He really kicks their ass. But reading this, I was getting so annoyed. Like Reacher used to be so anti-establishment. Now he's siding with the fucking bar owner is saying like you must have done he something. wasn't totally siding he's just more of a centrist he was like mm -hmm. i'm not trying to read about amy klobuchar or kristen cinema yeah. i'm trying to read about jack reacher and also i will say i mean i guess that's a minor point because he in the end he came through okay it's like it's like all these policy debates between these centrists trying to trying to couple the budget resolution with the fucking infrastructure package like they can do all their drama as long as at the end of the day we pass all this shit that's and that's fine with me. I guess I shouldn't complain about it. So I withdraw that complaint about Jack Reacher. But listen to these insults that he his insults have never been dumber and more and they're just not spending time on the insults the way they used to. Let's see. Mm -hmm. Oh, where is it? 
I should have flagged it. I should have dog-eared this book, but then I thought, maybe I can sell this book on eBay. That's a good way to make like $1,000, right? Sell an <laughs> airport paperback <laughs> on eBay and get your money back. Yeah. So Jack Reacher goes up into the office where the corrupt manager is, um, oh my God, I, okay, here's the, oh, this made me so mad. Jack Reacher has gone up to confront the corrupt bar manager as he's counting his money at the end of the night. The bar manager's name is Lockhart. It's time for you to leave, Lockhart said. Reacher says, I only just got here. You can't be here, not during the count. You didn't think that all the way through, did you? Lockhart paused, searching for a trap. Well, what do you mean? You said I can't be here, and yet clearly I am. Faulty reasoning on your part. You can leave, Lockhart spoke with exaggerated clarity, or I can throw you out. <laughs> you can throw me out? Reacher allowed himself a smile. Lockhart's fist clenched on the desk in front of him. I can have you thrown out. Are you sure? Where are all your guys? I have all the guys I need right here. Lockhart pointed at his companion. Him? For a start, he's one guy. Singular. So you'd have to say, the only guy I need. Okay. Fuck you, you pedant. But then Reacher goes on. But that's not right either, is it? Because he's obviously not up to the job. I could be asleep and he still couldn't throw me out. I could have died of old age, and he still couldn't do it. What kind of sentence what is that? What does that mean? What kind of sentence is that? It's a lazy sentence. It's like me talking about the California ballot last week. It's, it's imprecise language. Mm -hmm. I could have died of old age, and he still couldn't have thrown me out. Motherfucker, what? That's the dumbest yeah. way to say a simple thing, which is, I'm tougher than you. Yeah. Right? It's really weird. What did Wittgenstein teach us? Philosophical problems arise when language goes on holiday. Yep. That's exactly the issue with this damn Jack Reacher book. And, you know, I keep coming back to these books, and they, I think that's the reason I'm in a bad mood. I mean, Afghanistan doesn't help. COVID doesn't help. Fucking J.D. Vance complaining about Afghan refugees coming over here and killing all of us doesn't help. I will, Lord have mercy some days. I wish they would. I wish they would, J.D. Vance. <laughs> I wish they would. <laughs> All these poor Afghan refugees come over here and look around and like, you know what? Fuck you. This is our country now. You're all going to die. And they just shoot everybody. Oh, my God. God, J.D. Vance would be so vindicated. I wouldn't even care. <laughs> as long yeah, as all, right? As long as we were all slaughtered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you think we were just going to come over here and be so happy and grateful and start working in restaurants or whatever for $10 a day? Fuck you. We're taking over your country now. New Afghanistan, Afghanistan Junior. That's the name of it. Anyway. Yeah. Uh. But I also I also am just disappointed in this book. And also I think it's so interesting that Lee Child – so Lee Child and his brother are both authors. And Lee Child is, was probably like, I'm sick of this fucking Jack Reacher character. Writing one book a year is like torture for me. I have enough money to live on for the rest of my life. Do you want to co-write this book with me and then take over and write the Jack Reacher novels? Mm -hmm. His younger brother's like – uh, I have my own career, but okay, I guess. And then Lee Child is like, good. Make up a fake name that is based on my fake name for this series. Because we have to have the same name because we're going to be marketed as brothers. But we can't use our real actual names because everyone knows me by my pen name, Lee Child. So you have to make up your own name that, that ends in child. The poor brother's mm -hmm. like, well, my name's Andrew. I guess I could be Andrew Child. It just feels like so psychological. It's like, and you know what's interesting actually is Jack Reacher had an older brother. 
I just remembered this. So this is mm. kind of this is kind of recap. What do they say? Ontogeny recapitulates phil- phylogeny or something like that. Phylogeny. Yeah, that's what, someone. You uh-huh. know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It's fiction is following truth here because because Jack Reacher had an older brother who actually dies in one of the early novels, and they had kind of a weird, uh, tense relationship or a very masculine relationship. It'll surprise you to hear me say that. They're kind of like tough guy brothers. Maybe that's what these two brothers are doing now. They're also entering a fraught partnership in the service of Jack Reacher, the world's dumbest idiot as of this book. This dude's bon mots suck ass. <laughs> Jack Reacher no longer has a way with words, and I've said it. He, can, he still has a way with his fists. I mean, thank God he's still 6'5", 250 pounds, surviving on nothing but coffee and cheeseburgers. But God damn, man, Jack Reacher, you need to, you need to read a, you need to read a book and come up with some new insults. All right, let's get back to our podcast. John, let's do this listener question. Okay. You are really taking heat from your alt- all your weird altitude theories that we all love. And we celebrate your passion, but a lot of listeners are, are over it and think you're being very inaccurate. Here's Joe yeah. writing in. John's way too obsessed with the 6,000-foot discomfort zone. That's just an imaginary line. And in reality, discomfort is just a gradient from sea level to space and also varies widely from person to person. Some people will feel the same discomfort at 5,000 feet that others feel at 7,000 feet, even if both of them are acclimated to lower elevations. I have no data at all to back this up. Thank you for your transparency, Joe. But I posit there is absolutely no way any architect or engineer is making a decision for the height of a skyscraper in Denver based on whether the top floor is at 5,900 feet or 6,100 feet. Those elevations are, for all intents and purposes, identical. Other people wrote in and said stuff like, the fact that you assume that the body has a switch that is calibrated to sea level and switches to sickness the moment you get to a certain height is uh, awkward emoji. I don't assume that there is a switch at 6,000 feet. Yes, life is about uh, gradients uh, in, in anything. Uh, the human body, the, the average temperature of the human body is 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit. Some people, it's a little bit less. Some, it's a little more. But once you get above a temperature of 100 to 101, most people start to feel some real discomfort. So you see those gradients. You see it in lots of things. You see it in age, Some people die younger, some people die older, but nobody really ever makes it past 115 years. Everyone just dies at that point for some reason. Weather, you look at wind, trees, they look at trees about 58 to 60 miles per hour. That's when trees topple over. Some trees might not, some trees might survive a little bit longer. Some trees might topple over before 58 to 60 miles per hour. But generally at about that point, when the wind gets to that speed, trees start turning over. So yes, there there is a gradient. There isn't a switch. But around 6,000 is when, on average, you start to feel some discomfort. And until, until the city of Denver, which is one of the fastest growing cities in America right now, actually builds a skyscraper, that is over 6,000 feet elevation, then I think I, my, my theory holds water. I, don't, I think it would have happened by now. And I don't think it's ever going to happen. 
And it hasn't happened anywhere else. What hasn't happened anywhere else? That people have built through the discomfort zone. There's no skyscraper on Earth? If there is someone, please bring it to me. There are skyscrapers in Mexico City that are above 6,000 feet, but they started, you know, Mexico City is already at a really high elevation. So you're right, already in your the discomfort whole thing zone. Was, right, your whole thing was no one is going to build a building that takes you into the discomfort zone being right. in the building, right? Right. So yes, it, it, there is no switch. Why don't you just call Denver and ask them? Speak to some nerd in the city planning division or something. They'd probably talk to you. Probably talk to you for six hours. Could release it on Patreon. A, can, a right. candid conversation with a member of the Denver City Council Planning Committee of Skyscraper Reviews. What I'd like is for somebody to get in touch and say, you know what? All of this is bunk because you can actually pressurize buildings. And that I would believe. That you could pressurize buildings like how they do with airplanes? Yeah, yeah. That'd be say, normal. No, you know what? It's all, you know, because there is a way to pressurize buildings. I don't think there is. There isn't. But that sounds no. too crazy. So it's never going to happen. You guys are wrong. I'm I'm sorry. I'm going to stick with this. You're really sticking to it. Yeah. It's three, three weeks in a row. Three weeks in a row. You're sticking to your guns. You're like Biden being like, yeah, we're getting out of Afghanistan. I don't care what damage I do to my reputation. You're exactly the same way. Our listeners are turning against us in disgust because of your obstinance. You're like, I'm sorry, I'm doing what I think is right. You said there will never be a building in Denver that- No, that, never. That reached, yeah, never. Biden's never. the same way. Never. Biden's like, I'm, I'm out. Fuck everyone. I don't give two flying fucks. I'm out of here. I admire both of you. I mean, they're building tall buildings all over America right now. They're In, in many cities, they're building- buildings that are eight, 900, 1,000 feet tall. They're not doing that in Denver. And they're not going to. All right. And I understand why they're not doing that in places like Cleveland or, uh, you know, St. Louis. Those are cities that are not particularly growing. They may even be dying. But Denver is booming. Denver is ripe for a skyscraper like that. But they just can't do it. I just found this Jack Reacher quote. He's met two guys in an alley. This is basically uh -huh. you talking to your haters who contact us at contact at electionprofitmakers.com or who tweeted us. Reacher turn. I'm going to say John. I'm going to change. I'm going to change. I'll change Reacher to John Kimball. Okay. Okay. So, okay. so the analogy makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. John Kimball turned and saw two men strutting out of the alley. Both were around six feet tall. Both were bald with full bushy beards. Mm. Picturesque language really helps me understand the visuals of these two men. They were wearing greasy overalls and were and were broad with thick ape-like arms curving out in front of them. Their arms curving out in front of them. I, I cannot picture that, but whatever. Yeah, that's very normal looking. John, John Kimball pictured them in a truck workshop carrying giant tires around all day. Truck workshop. This is written for adults. All right. Listen to this, though. This is where the zingers start flying. You see, this is why I don't like alleys, John Kimball said. They attract rats. Are there any more in there? If so, they better slink out now. Because I don't know what you have in mind, but whatever it is, two tubs of lard aren't going to get it done. It's pretty cool, right? What does that mean? I don't know. It means, I don't know. Yeah. They were probably like, you know what, brother? This is the first time I'm writing a Jack Reacher novel with my younger brother. Do you think we could get it done in a weekend? 
Like, let's just bang it out. Mm -hmm. Friday to Monday, let's write a whole fucking Jack Reacher novel. And they did it. Whatever it is, two tubs of lard aren't going to get... <laughs> oh, I just got it. I didn't get it. They're the two... <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're the two... Yeah, they're the guys the are the two... two... Yeah, what... All right. Oh, you thought he was right. just randomly saying like... Yeah, yeah. What do you want to get done? Because whatever it is, two umbrellas and a bucket yeah. of rocks aren't going to do it. No, he's calling them tubs of lard. Yeah, yeah. I'm oh, sorry. God. All right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't get that. It's okay. It's okay. It's a lot. You know, it's like Chaucer. It's like, uh, I'm getting used to the language. Yeah, that's good. That's funny. That's funny. John, any final thoughts you can share with our listeners before we close out this week's episode? Uh, keep bringing the hate uh, and the love. That's right. I like it. I like them all. You can handle it. You're a tough guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah. can. What else is there to say? Election Profit Makers is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell with help from Houston Snyder and Kat Iosa. Patreon.com slash Election Profit Makers is our Patreon. If you can support us for a few dollars a month, it'd be much appreciated. John, you've got to watch Whirly Bird. Oh my gosh, I watched it in preparation for our next movie club. Goodness gracious, we're going to have so much to talk about. Everyone watch that documentary. It's extraordinary. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna watch it in the next couple days. Your eyes are going to explode. Uh, if you want to try Predict It, go to predictit.org slash promo slash EPM20 to receive up to $20 in matching funds. And that's all we have to say. Hang in there. It's a long struggle. In the immortal words of John Kimball, the problems never stop, or whatever you said. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. We'll see you next week. Stay safe, please.